as you mentioned, sitting at 14, it's a lot different than the past few years. Uh, there's a lot of fluidity in the top 13 of the draft. So you hear this name, you hear that name. Uh, it's not like last year where it was Cunningham, Green, and Mobley, and the Cavs were sitting at third, and no matter what uh, the top two did in Detroit and Houston, we knew we were going to get one of those three players, and to me, thank goodness, it ended up being Evan Mobley. So uh, I, I really don't have a name for you because, again, there is so much going on in the top 13 of the draft. But uh, two questions that come to mind for me, number one, uh, it's an age-old question as far as the draft. Do you go for a position of need or best player available? But a second question which comes into play this year is, do you go for somebody who will give you instant production? And that doesn't necessarily mean huge numbers, but that can contribute right out of the box. Or sitting at 14, do you draft more of a project in that it's someone you can develop for the long term? So uh, a couple of interesting questions that are on the plate and the desk of Kobe Altman and Mike Gansey in the front office. Tim, let me ask you this. Picking 14 and 39 right now, if you had to circle a couple of areas that the Cavaliers still need some push and some talent, what are some of the areas they'll be looking to improve in the draft tonight? Well, I think it's pretty well documented, and the, and the Cavs readily admit this. Uh, they need that that wing guy, the 3 and D, as they call him, a guy that can get out on that wing. Uh, they need somebody that can really open it up from the outside because front line of Allen, Mobley, and Markin, uh, that more effective. So when you look at the Cavs roster as it stands, uh, they're getting much closer uh, to being a, a perennial pit playoff team, but uh, there's still a couple of holes to fill. I think that wing player is one, uh, and they need another guard. Uh, there was so much on the plate of Darius Garland at the end of the year last year uh, that they need another guard to compliment him, whether it's a backup point guard or whatever the case may be. Will it happen in the draft? Perhaps free agency? Perhaps a deal? Again, those are the questions that face Kobe Altman and Mike Gansey. A lot of the names I'm seeing thrown around with the Cavaliers. One of them is intriguing to me, Tim, and that's Malachi Branham from Ohio State. Of course, Played right down the street here at St. Vincent St. Mary, and he is one of those six foot six wing tool guys that can play DNO. And I think this would be exciting, St. V, Ohio State, and maybe the Cavaliers. Uh, I'm going to keep an eye on this situation. There's been a lot of chatter about Malachi Branham. Uh, there's a lot of folks that think he is on the Cavs' radar. Now, will he last until the 14th pick? Uh, I don't know. I mean, he seems to be climbing on those draft boards. But, yeah, what a great local story that would be if you can get a kid out of St. B's. Uh, we know how that turned out the last time. <laughs> the Cavs got a guy from St. B's and, uh, and Ohio State Buckeyes. So uh, I've heard a lot about Malachi Branham. Uh, I actually called a couple of his games a few years back. So uh, an exciting young talent. Uh, that, that would really be a, a storybook kind of pick. Uh, if the Cavs were to select him. Another guy that I've seen bantered around, and I know how JB loves this big front line, but the big fella from Duke might be available there at 14, and that's Mark Williams. And he plays with a nasty streak. He's seven foot two. And, you know, I know we've got a great starting center and all star, and I know we've got Mobley, and I know we've got Mark in him, but this guy would be nice to bring off the bench, especially if you're selecting at 14, Mark Williams. 
And there you go. And that brings up the issue that I raised earlier, Ray. At that point, are you drafting for need or are you drafting for best player available? And uh, the mindset of the Cavs, as far as I know, and what I've learned is that they like best player available. So even though they do have a pretty deep front line, in fact, they picked up the, the option on Dean Wade's contract yesterday. Uh, if that were to be the pick or to be the selection at 14, if they felt Williams would be the best player available, wouldn't surprise me whatsoever if they go in that direction. Tim Alcorn, voice of the Cavaliers, with us, Tim. And then the other thing you mentioned is they need another guard. Well, they do have another guard that missed the entire season last year, and that being Colin Sexton. I bring that up there because is Sexton still going to be a member of this team tomorrow? Could he be traded, or do the Cavaliers envision this guy as that other guard, maybe off the bench with offensive fuel because we know he can score. And what are they looking at? What's the mindset right now with the organization with Colin Sexton? Well, I think that question, Ray, is the question for the Cavaliers in this offseason. They need to get the Colin Sexton situation resolved. I think both sides are genuine. I really do think from Sexton, from Sexton's perspective, uh, we want to be back. And from the Cavs' perspective, we want Colin Sexton back. Now, does that mean they will come to an agreement on a contract coming off that injury? As you said, uh, that's where the business side of basketball takes hold. So, uh, But they do need to resolve that moving forward because you get into the free agency period. Uh, if Kobe does explore some draft uh, or some uh, trade potential, excuse me, as far as uh, either moving Colin Sexton or bringing somebody in. But first and foremost, you have to resolve that contract or the pending restricted free agency. And I said restricted because there's a huge difference between restricted and unrestricted. Uh, Colin could test the free agent market, and if he's offered a huge deal somewhere, he could take it. Cavs could match it, do a sign-and-trade. So uh, there's a lot of moving parts to that, but it is the issue uh, the Cavs have to solve this offseason. Tim, can Sexton and Garland exist in the same winning backcourt? I think so. Uh, I think Collins' role uh, may change a little bit. Uh, again, I'm not in those you know those whiteboard <laughs> sessions and video sessions with JB and the staff, but uh, I, don't forget about Karis LeVert because he was brought in right. from Indiana. Mm-hmm. Uh, they really like him, and Karis LeVert readily admitted uh, you didn't see, we didn't see uh, the Karis Levert uh, that he knows he can be when he was brought over. He had the injuries and so forth. That's a whole different topic. But uh, he plays into that equation. So does the role for Colin Sexton then become offense off the bench right out of the chute? Is he willing to accept that role? So, again, a lot of moving parts here, Ray. But we've seen Garland and Sexton play together before, and I think uh, it could be successful again. Voice of the Cavaliers, Tim Alcorn with us, W.A. Karen. By the way, Tim, great job on the baseball work. Uh, last week, Colorado and Los Angeles with the Dodgers. Enjoyed you and Rosie working together, filling in for Hammy. And I know you had a blast out in Colorado and Los Angeles. I heard you guys found a pretty darn good restaurant, as a matter of fact, from Mr. Rosenhaus. Uh, he sent me a picture, but uh, on the serious side, you did a great job working with Rosie filling in for Hammy. Good job. Oh, Ray, thank you so much. Uh, boy, what an exciting team. How about that win last night yeah. by the Guardians? 
Wow. So, yeah, I had a blast, and a huge thank you to the Guardians organization for having me. Uh, just a tremendous time, and I was really honored to fill in. But thank you for your kind words.